Welcome to OESA's Automotive Insiders. I'm Jason Stein, president of Motor Minds and host of Sirius XM's Cars and Culture on Business Channel 132. Dealing with a financially distraught supply chain is a minefield for suppliers in 2022. There are no shortage of challenges today or on the horizon. Managing unprofitable contracts, cash flow issues, lower volumes, pricing pressures. In many ways, distress levels are at an all-time high. How to handle the unprecedented minefield of obstacles for suppliers? Where are the opportunities among the options that exist? And how can the industry look at new challenges and changes in contracts? Dennis Lachlan, partner and a member of the Restructuring and Insolvency and Automotive Group at Warner, Norcross & Judd, recently addressed the current tension that exists at the supplier level and offered a few solutions for navigating those issues. He appeared in late January at the OESA and Warner Norcross and Judd 2022 Automotive Supplier Legal Trends event. OESA and Warner Norcross and Judd have a longtime partnership as a venue to understand those legal challenges and help suppliers with best practices and strategies for dealing with the ongoing supply strains. Lachlan's key message how best to resolve ongoing issues under accommodation agreements, bankruptcies, and other insolvency scenarios. In this part two of our conversation with Dennis Lachlan, he drills down into the solutions available to suppliers. Now, Dennis Lachlan on OESA's Automotive Insiders. Well, Dennis, it's a pleasure to have you back for round two of our conversation. And the <laughs> subject, of course, the Automotive Supplier Legal Trends event that took place January 25th and the partnership that OESA has with Warner Norcross. I want to drill in, uh, Dennis, to uh, your appearance there. And your subject matter was dealing with a financially distressed supply chain. And that has to do with many different aspects that suppliers are are having to navigate at this point. And, and there's, a, there's a tension that exists in the navigation of those issues and how that might play out. Give me a bit of an overview of what you talked about. Sure, you know, it's kind of funny. Michael Brady, uh, the, the chair of our auto practice, he spent a lot of time during his presentation talking about these supply chain challenges that exist in terms of, you know, um, chip shortage, uh, labor challenges, uh, raw material um, increases and, and pricing relief uh, challenges. How all of those fit into my world uh, is that any one of those uh, drivers of distress can push a company over the edge, can push a supplier over the edge. And what we're seeing now is that some of the companies that were had some level of distress pre-COVID um, the, the PPP money that they received uh, during the stimulus relief um, has worked its way through the system now in their company. And some of the, the underlying systemic issues that uh, existed at those companies pre-COVID are now resurfacing. And that, uh, you know, because the money really acted almost like a Band-Aid uh, for a period of time. And now we're seeing that um, there, there are cash flow issues um, and there are inability to deal with 
uh, uh, unprofitable contracts, uh, long-term pricing agreements that have now just flipped and um, are uh, unsustainable in the marketplace. Uh, I have uh, clients calling me um, seeking um, definitely more aggressive tactics than they have ever looked to in the past or would have ever considered in the past because uh, they have banged their head against the wall seeking relief from their OEM customers with no meaningful response. Hmm. So that's led to some, some very different discussions than I've had in the past. Let's talk about that. If suppliers appear to be struggling with that pricing relief from their customers, what options are on the table? Are they just stuck with unprofitable contracts now, Dennis? That's a good question. And, and it's, it's a question that a lot of suppliers are, are faced with these days. It's surprising, uh, Jason, because the, our supply base, many of them have had very profitable contracts for a very long time and really haven't looked at their contracts in a very long time. Mm-hmm. So uh, the first step is really to kind of see what contractual relationship you have with your OEM customer. You may be surprised that you, you may think that you are obligated to perform and ship parts at a particular price. But if you look at the contract closely, that may that obligation to produce parts at a particular price may not exist, or it may not, or it may be different than what you think it had been. So, truly, um, and and I'm working with a, a a client as a result of the OESA Legal Trends presentation that called me afterwards, and they had not looked at contracts in 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 some cases over ten years, so they were. Um, interested in having a legal review of contracts with a variety of different OEM customers to figure out whether there are any legal arguments to be made to their customers to um, provide increased leverage for a meaningful discussion with those OEM partners uh, about pricing relief, as opposed to being just one of the suppliers these days that has their hands out to the OEM saying, I just need more money and I have increased costs. Well, those are good points and that very well may be true, but the OEM is likely to pay more attention and prioritize suppliers that have a very good handle on the legal arguments as well uh, in, in those situations. And then the, 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 the other point that I talked about during my presentation is, you know, after a legal review and after discussions that you may have with your with your OEM customer, and you still don't get relief, I have clients that are considering more aggressive options than that in terms of the possibility of filing a, a, a Chapter 11 case, because there are some uh, uh, tools that are afforded to Chapter 11 debtors to reject unprofitable contracts. A, a Chapter 11 debtor has a unilateral right to reject uh, an unprofitable contract. And while that would have never been a, a 
consideration or possibility in the past for uh, some of the supply base. Uh, it's certainly an option that is that is being put on the table because of the level of desperation uh, that exists, you know, in the tiers, in the auto supply tiers. Wow. What a way to encapsulate the situation right now. Um, Chapter 11 bankruptcies, uh, the uh, case filings are down, correct? They are. Uh, And I think, you know, that's as a result of a couple of things. Um, You know, obviously we had a good 10, 12, maybe even close to 15 year stretch of, of, a, of a boom economy. Um, also chapter 11s, uh, generally speaking, were very, uh, are a very expensive process and can be a slow process. Um, and because of that, a lot of banks or, or lending institutions were choosing to just work out uh, troubled uh, uh, credits outside of bankruptcy court um, there was plenty of money in the industry to do that and provide alternative financing sources. Uh, but nowadays, there is a new version of Chapter 11, a smaller, faster version of Chapter 11 called Subchapter 5. And it applies uh, to uh, smaller businesses with debts up to $7.5 million. Um, it's uh, a lot faster. It's a lot cheaper. Um and there are uh, uh, suppliers that, let's say, they're, they're further down in, in, the, in, the, in the tier system, maybe tier three, tier four. You're talking about, you know, tool and die makers, mold makers, uh, small parts makers, that this sort of a bankruptcy would be more of a viable option for them uh, to reject unprofitable contracts. It's, it's certainly not going to apply to a multi-billion dollar tier one supplier, global supplier, but it is definitely going to be um, available to uh, the smaller suppliers uh, as, 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 a, as a viable option. It, the, the interesting part is it, it takes only you know one part or a handful of parts at a small supplier to break down the, the supply chain, just like uh, it would if, if a large supplier was, was, you know, incapable of supplying parts. I had a, a matter, uh, just before Christmas, um, with a very small, um, supplier that happened to have between 150 and 200 part numbers for a very large tier one supplier. But this, this, the small supplier was off the radar it was not in the Detroit area or the Midwest. It's out in the mountains of, of North Carolina. And they were about to shut their doors just before Christmas. So it can be someone like that that can impact the supply chain that no one's even thinking about. It's off everyone's radar. And it could have had catastrophic ha- consequences for the multitude of OEM customers that were would have been affected by those 150 or 200 part numbers uh, going down um, pri- just prior to Christmas. So, you know, uh, the alarm bell set, uh, rang and we were able to, um, my client was able to not only become a uh, customer or they were already a customer, but they became a bit of a lender as well to prop up the business, to keep those flow of parts going. 
um, and provide an opportunity for different options to be um, looked at in terms of, you know, what do we do now with this troubled supplier that we kind of was off our radar. So, um, you know, it's, we're seeing increased levels of distress uh, for a variety of reasons, as we mentioned earlier, but that doesn't mean that um, there are, you know, fewer options. I think actually there's probably more options today uh, to look at. More options amid a myriad of issues, pricing pressures, unprofitable contracts, cash flow issues, and as you said at your uh, recent appearance during the uh, Legal Trends event, current tension at an all-time high. Dennis Lachlan, thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate the insight, and I know our uh, listeners will appreciate the approach to some very innovative solutions, and that's really the good news is that there are solutions that exist. Absolutely. Uh, thank you, Jason. And thank you to OESA. Uh, once again, we had a, a great time um, putting together the Legal Trends event. Um, we appreciate the partnership with OESA. And, um, and thank you for this opportunity today with the, with the podcast. Dennis Lachlan, a partner at Warner, Norcross and Judd. Thanks so much. Thank you, Jason. That's this episode of Automotive Insiders. Remember to follow the program wherever your favorite podcast appears. And thanks again to Dennis Lachlan, partner at Warner, Norcross, and Judd. Thanks for listening to OESA's Automotive Insiders. I'm Jason Stein. We'll talk to you again next time. <music>